Okay, there's a lot to talk about, and I'm sure you're all wondering. It's about time, because you all want to hear what I have to say about the severance between Fox News Corporation and its most highly rated host, Tucker Carlson. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury, and welcome to another episode of the Jamie Dury Show podcast. If you've not already done so, please subscribe to the show, and you can do so in one of several easy ways. You can either go to the Google Play Store or the iTunes App Store, and you can simply search out the Jamie Dury Show. We're listed in both. Or you can download the free Podbean app in either of those two stores. It's our hosting service. And then you can simply search out the Jamie Dury Show on that app and subscribe that way. Either way you subscribe, you'll be able to leave comments, reviews. We desperately need more of both so that we can continue to grow the show and bring more offerings to you. Uh, We try and do a good job, so give us a five-star review. We would appreciate it. Tell your friends about us and share the show on social media whenever you can. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, if you use that. Uh, um, Truth Social, which is fast-growing. There's a host of them, you know. And there's a reason why social media is growing the way it is. There's several reasons. And we're going to get into all of this today because it all has to do with some of the reasons behind the firing of Tucker Carlson, and there's no other way to describe it. Now, Fox has been silent on the issue, uh, other than saying they parted ways and uh, thanking him for his service. They realized there is a contractual obligation to pay out the balance of his contract, and he's a very handsomely paid man. I believe it's something on the order of $20 million a year. So it isn't like Tucker Carlson is going to be hurting for money. In fact, if he never worked again, he would live a very comfortable life. But I'm sure we're going to hear more from Tucker Carlson. So how does this all play out? What brought this about? Uh, Are the speculations made by many in the mainstream media really accurate? Or are they out to lunch too and missing the boat or missing the point completely? Well, I think they are missing the point. Now, I heard it floated by a couple of people on Sky News, which is a a subsidiary of uh, the Murdoch family, that's their news agency in Australia, that uh, Tucker Carlson was let go because he felt he was too big, that he was bigger than the network and he could do what he wanted. And then there were speculations of 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 a toxic work environment and so forth and um, this and that. I don't think any of that is accurate. I don't think that Tucker Carlson thought he was bigger than the network. I think these are retroactive falsehoods that are being put out there to try and explain uh, why they felt they had to let him go. In my view, there are other forces at work here. Number one, Fox News has undergone a metamorphosis. It is not the network that it was. When Fox News first started uh, back in, in 1996, when it was first offered, uh, it was a burgeoning, newly formed network. It was found by Rupert Murdoch. They had Roger Ailes as its founding CEO. And it launched back in October of 1996. It had 17 million cable subscribers. It grew tremendously during the 1990s and the 2000s and became the dominant uh, cable news network that was subscribed to by Americans. By 
2018, it had 87 million U.S. households where you could receive Fox. That's 91% of all television cable subscribers in this country. In 2019, it was the top-rated cable network, averaging 2.5 million viewers in prime time. Now, Murdoch is the executive chairman. Uh, Suzanne Scott has been the CEO since 2018. We all know that Roger Ailes became very ill, and he, and he passed away. Increasingly, though, the CEO uh, role has been taken on by Lachlan um, Murdoch. He's the son of... Of Rupert Murdoch. Now, Rupert Murdoch's children are in no way as conservative as Mr. Murdoch. They were brought up in Europe in a rather protected environment, and they are bona fide 100% leftists. They are left of center. Now, when Fox News started, it started because it wanted to be something different. Uh, and since it started, people have portrayed it as right of center and that it favors and uh, coverage of conservatives and it's soft on conservatives. Uh, and somehow this takes Fox out of the mainstream and is cause for criticism. What is never mentioned because it is such an endemic problem in the industry is that the rest, virtually the entire rest of the mainstream media, MSNBC, CNN, NBC, CBS, ABC, all these alternative cable news networks, National Public Radio, even though it receives money from the government and should be supporting equally both conservative and left-wing causes, it does not. Virtually all of the media, the New York Times, the print media, is all left of center. But because they're all left of center, they have tried to redefine the center. So if you move anything toward the center and try to be fair and unbiased, you are perceived as being right-wing. Even though they're really not far right-wing, they're trying to be perceived as an even-handed company. They're being portrayed as a right-wing company, but when they started, they wanted to be an even-handed company. Now, over the years, uh, there have been many high-profile hosts that have populated the Fox News Network. Some of them came from very liberal cable news networks like CNN, the original cable news network, hence the name CNN. It has, in recent years, been uh, jokingly referred to as the Clinton News Network and alternatively as the Communist News Network, both of which I think are better monikers than the cable news network that it was originally designed to be. People like Lou Dobbs, Greta Van Susteren, who came to prominence, as I recall, during the O.J. Simpson trial back in the 90s. Both of them were formally on CNN, and both of them moved to Fox News. Now, for various reasons, they have left. Greta Van Susteren's gone on to greener pastures in Newsmax. She was the first of the real high-profile hosts. I mean, Greg Kelly came from morning talk show host with uh, Rosanna Scotta, but... Um, not the same stature as Greta Van Susteren. She was the biggest name that they landed. And that was formerly from uh, another network. I mean, you have Sean Spicer. He was the press secretary for President Trump. But the real big name was Greta Van Susteren. Now, Lou Dobbs was another big name. Now, Lou Dobbs was very much uh, in support of President Trump. He questioned Barack Obama's um, citizenship. He was one of the few 
media people that was a, a proponent of the birther issue. And by the way, don't just be so dismissive of these things that the mainstream media is dismissive of. They're dismissive of them simply because they don't like them. They disagree with them. So naturally, it's, it's necessary for them to demean anybody who takes an alternative view. It's necessary for them to defame anyone who takes an alternative view and claim that there's no evidence. In many cases, you'll find that there is considerable evidence for a lot of these alternative theories. They're just being suppressed, or when you do present the evidence, they just dismiss it and say, oh, that, that's not true. That's, 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 that's not true. Uh, they never did that. When it is true, and you see this time and time again, the, the big issue that we're confronting lately we've seen is the big transgender issue. And it's almost getting to the point where we're having transgender terrorism. Some of these, the last several of these uh, mass shootings, the one in Nashville most recently, are people that either identified as transgender um, or binary. Now, when Dr. Paul McHugh had written um, a fantastic article that appeared in the Wall Street Journal back in 2014, explaining how these people were suffering primarily from a mental disorder, uh, the, the left began to attack him and said he didn't know what he was talking about. Now, let me just give you a little background. Dr. McHugh was the head of psychiatry uh, at John Hopkins University from 1975 until 2001. Now, John Hopkins University, for those who don't know, and I would say that's most of us because we'd have no reason to know, was the very first medical institution in this country to perform what we now euphemistically call gender reassignment surgery. Back in my day, we used to call it sex change operations. They no longer perform the operation there at John Hopkins. They refused to do it because their long-term studies of the cases that they tracked post-surgery provided no better results for the recipients of that surgery than people who opted for therapy. And Dr. Paul McHugh has also cited many studies uh, in defense of protecting our young children from uh, medical malpractice, where doctors, without the parents' ability to even object based on some laws passed in certain states where... um, They're going to treat these children and help them achieve their transgender dreams. We're talking about children, in some cases, who are pre-adolescent, 8, 9, 10 years old. My son is 14, going on 15. He agonizes over what he's going to order in a restaurant, the notion that he could make a sweeping decision that will affect the rest of his life and be irreversible when these drugs are administered or surgeries are performed, is to me unthinkable that I would not have a say-so in this. Uh, and so he cites British studies where um, 70 or 80% of these children who had these feelings had them spontaneously resolve of their own accord. And yet we have politicians in this country are willing to let these children be led down an irreversible path. So there are many instances where there's ample evidence uh, to the contrary of the prevailing liberal view, and they just dismiss it. They want you to believe that you're that you're just making it all up or you're imagining it. So they try and discredit Dr. McHugh in this instance, saying he doesn't know about transgender. Well, how could you be the chief of psychiatry at the first institute in this country to perform transgender surgery, and you're there for 26 years and know nothing about it? So this is laughable. You see the same things with the election in Arizona. And I've given you data on this program where we saw the mail-in ballots in Maricopa County in 2020, uh, 
uh, were dwindling as the day approached election. You know, uh, 15,000 ballots coming in 10 to 12 days out, then 12, then 10, and the day of the election, about 1,000 or 2,000. And then mysteriously, the day after the election, 18,000 ballots show up, 18,500. And the following day, another 2,000 show up. So after the election, something like 20,000 ballots show up, 20,500. Only 19,500, I mean, only 984 were disqualified. All of them were supposed to be disqualified because according to Arizona law, any ballot that arrives after 7 p.m. on election day is invalid. Yet 19,500 of these late ballots were all counted. And the overwhelming majority were filled out for Joe Biden. So we're not supposed to even be allowed to raise this issue and question it. You see, this is the problem I have. People don't have to believe what you say, and they don't have to agree with what you say. But the notion that you shouldn't even be allowed to say it is nothing short of censorship. And relabeling it, well, it violates our misinformation policy doesn't change it. It's censorship by any other name. And I'm building up to this because that, my friends, is what's at the root of these removals of these people. Now, Lou Dobbs was ultimately removed uh, from Fox News, and he's bounced around. He has a a job in radio now. I hear him on the air giving um, uh, certain financial reports, but he's still out there, and he has a podcast, I believe. He has a website. He's not going away. Um, Bill O'Reilly certainly hasn't gone away. He's got a radio show on WABC, which is not a small station. Uh, And he also has a a podcast, I believe. So you have these vehicles out there. Now, Fox News did go on to survive. They survived the exodus of Greta Van Susteren. They survived the exodus of of Bill O'Reilly, whom they got rid of supposedly because of sexual harassment suits. They survived the exodus of Lou Dobbs. But back then, Rupert Murdoch was playing a larger role in the affairs of the network, and Roger Ailes was still with us. Roger Ailes is now gone. Rupert Murdoch has taken a back seat. And his very liberal children and their hirees are who's running the network. Now, they've just settled with Dominion for $757 million. I think what's going on is Fox News is looking at this from a purely business perspective. They're no longer pursuing a mission to get the conservative point of view or even mainstream point of view out there. They want to see if they can become mainstream. But there is no mainstream. The mainstream media is mainstream in day in name only. They're all the same, and they're all left of center. So what you have going on here is an attempt to completely silence the left point of uh, the right wing or the conservative point of view. Ever since Ronald Reagan got rid of the fairness doctrine, where everyone had to have equal time on the radio. Oh, we got 30 minutes of liberal talk. Well, you got to have 30 minutes of conservative talk. Funny how that never affected NPR. It gets public money, and all there is is liberal talk on NPR. But the liberal point of view, once Ronald Reagan got rid of the fairness doctrine, which was completely unfair, couldn't survive in the arena of ideas because it didn't make sense. 
And that's why Fox News skyrocketed. Well, now they're retreating because the people that run it are not conservative. And all they're interested in is going along. And if they have to go along to get along, that's what they're going to do. Now, I just found out recently, I wasn't aware of this, that there's a big move to eliminate AM radios from our cars. How many people spend a lot of time in their cars, especially outside the major metropolitan areas where the public transportation uh, does not exist the same way it does here in New York? You know, people who live in New York uh, and your big eastern cities, Philadelphia, Chicago, were spoiled by the volume of mass transit. You don't have that even in Los Angeles. In the vast majority of the country, people do commute with their car, and their commutes can be lengthy. And they spend their time listening to the radio. They get their information. And AM radio is still very conservative. They don't want you to hear it. Now, Tucker Carlson was the most popular host on cable news. He was the most watched, the most listened to, and the most influential. He was one of the few people that really challenged the status quo. He showed you video footage never before seen of the January 6th quote-unquote riot. It wasn't a riot. It was a demonstration that got a little bit uh, unwieldy, and that we have evidence to suggest was deliberately um, inflamed by plants, by people working for the FBI uh, that broke through the barriers to get these people to get inside. And the only person remained killed there by by anyone. No police officers were killed by any protesters. That was all exposed as a falsehood. Was Ashley Babbitt, executed by that cowardly lieutenant who should be prosecuted for homicide because I have intimate knowledge of how these shootings are investigated and I have intimate knowledge of what are the justifiable reasons for the use of deadly physical force against someone And none of those things were present when that lieutenant shot Ashley Babbitt. She wasn't threatening deadly physical force against uh, him or a third party. She wasn't engaged in a residential burglary. She wasn't engaged in a rape or a sodomy or an arson or any of the crimes where you can use deadly physical force to either terminate the crime in progress or arrest for the crime if someone was leaving. And no additional statutes have been articulated that would say that to defend the capital, you're allowed to use deadly physical force in this, this or this circumstance. So that was out-and-out murder. But he was showing the footage of nonviolent aspects of this, where certain people were being actually escorted through the Capitol by the Capitol Police. That's not just fancy editing. If that happened, it happened. So the only editing in the Academy Awards, about oh, the film editors should get an award. Look how they edit that to make a riot look like not like a riot. No, no. It's the opposite. You saw snippets of film from the mainstream media designed to make a rowdy demonstration look like a riot. We had riots in this country. We had riots during the George Floyd demonstrations that became riots. We had riots with Antifa, with Black Lives Matter, and nobody was ever prosecuted for these things. In fact, in New York, they're giving them money. So Tucker Carlson 
was just the latest in a series of suppressions, but he is the most high-profile conservative voice silenced because he would say things that other people would not say because they were afraid to say it. They're attempting to bludgeon the mainstream population into silence to make you believe that everything they say in the media is true, and if we're not talking about it, then it isn't happening and it isn't true. But there is a plethora of evidence to show that things are not right in society and things are not right with our elections. We saw it again in Arizona, which seems to be a state of much contention. Republicans seem to vote in great majorities on election day. Why is it that there is problems with the machines in all these places in Maricopa County? See, if you can disrupt voting on election day, you're engaging in election tampering because you're disproportionately affecting Republican votes. And they know this. They know this, and they do it. That's why I think our elections have gotten out of hand with this early voting, with this mail-in voting. Uh, we no longer have election day in this country. We have election weeks, election days. The only way you can have a fair election is to have everything done on one day. The only people who should get a ballot to mail in are people who request an absentee ballot for reasons of being outside the country or outside the district, or who may be within uh, the district you know, at their residence, but they're simply infirmed and they can't get to a poll. That's always been the case. And it's always been a very, very small number as a percentage of the total vote cast. When you have elections done on one day, you have integrity because you minimize the opportunity for people to vote on multiple occasions in multiple locations. But the people on the left side of the aisle, they want that because they want people to vote, their people to vote in multiple locations and multiple times. So in my opinion, Tucker Carlson was sacked because he was a threat. And I don't believe he was sacked because of um, the settlement with Dominion. They may have thought, people may have thought that was the case because it was coterminous with that. Maybe they wanted to make it look like that so they could come up with a plausible reason for getting rid of him other than what the true reason is, with this, which is to silence the conservative voice and engage in censorship. But make no mistake about it. Tucker Carlson was removed from Fox News for reasons having to do with large-scale censorship of right-of-center views or mainstream or traditional American views and values and opinions. He was not given the door at Fox because of monies that they had to pay out to Dominion. You don't give the door to the man who is your most popular host, who is the most popular host in all of cable news. They got rid of him because they don't care. They want to suppress. Any notion that they're saying they got rid of him because he thought he was bigger than the network or he created a toxic work environment is complete and utter nonsense and horseshit. And you shouldn't buy into it. Now, this is going to wind up turning out to be a terrible move on the part of Fox. Now, maybe they won't get any more lawsuits. Maybe this will be the beginning of the healing process for them from a financial standpoint, where people start moving away from them and they start changing. But you're going to see these hosts that they're going to put up. They're not real traditional conservative hosts. And as more and more of these big-name conservatives either flee Fox or get bounced from Fox, more of the legitimate ones legitimate ones are going to flee Fox, and they're going to go someplace else. 
And I predict that Tucker Carlson will get a show and he will probably get it on Newsmax because that is the best place to go. The only other place he could go is uh, OAN News, but they don't seem to have the audience or the financial wherewithal to pay someone like Tucker Carlson. I think Newsmax does because Newsmax has has grown considerably since Election Eve uh, 2020. And they have the money. And I think that Tucker Carlson, since money is not an issue, he's being paid the balance of his contract by Fox. Uh, I think that he will accept less money from Newsmax just to get back on the air and be able to work uh, for a network that's really and truly conservative. But we're seeing the censorship in multiple spheres. That's why I wanted to do this show today, because this is much bigger than the firing of Tucker Carlson. When you look at the totality of everything that's going on, when you look at the uh, censorship on your social media platforms, YouTube, say something they don't agree with. Oh, you're violating our misinformation policy, a.k.a. uh, AKA censorship. Go on Facebook. Try and put a conservative post up. Oh, no, censorship, uh, violating our community standards, uh, untruths. But they can say whatever they want. I never see anyone post a liberal falsehood and get called out for it. Oh, it's a violation of our community standards. Uh, It's disinformation. And disinformation is put out all the while. If you point out that it were transgenders that were involved, like five of these last um, mass shootings, now you're being portrayed as being prejudiced against transgender people or picking on them, even though they suffer from a mental disorder. So there's a lot going on here, and it's, like again, far beyond Tucker Carlson. They're just conveniently using this Dominion thing to try and, as an excuse to usher him out the door, but this is part of a larger plan. If we don't wake up, we're going to find ourselves living in a one-party system, which, as Tucker Carlson spoke on Twitter, we essentially are in. Uh, I've said this before myself. There's very, very little difference now between the Democrats and the Republicans in terms of what happens to America. America declines under the leadership of both. The decline just slows when the Republicans get in. But there's no reversal of fortunes. The only man who can reverse that is Donald Trump because he's not a Republican. He is an American. He is a patriot. He is a conservative. And even if he's not conservative by philosophy, he does conservative things because his logic, his business sense, leads him in that direction through an analytical process as the way to tackle problems successfully. And he did that in his first term, and he will do that in his second term. He is the only salvation for America. None of these other politicians, even if they are truly well-intended, can hold up to the pressure that these liberals will bring to bear on the office. And again, I was aghast when I was listening to billionaire Steve Forbes speaking on um, WABC radio the other morning. And I picked up as an aside when he mentioned that we have to stop this move to remove AM radios from our automobiles. When I heard that, that was the final nail in the coffin. You need more proof then you're sick. AM radio has been the home of talk radio. Talk radio saved AM radio 
Nobody listens to music on AM radio anymore because the music is so much better in quality on FM radio. And then you have Sirius satellite radio where you get a much better signal and you get a much better uh, portrayal of the music. AM radio is now the home of talk radio. Talk radio saved AM radio. And it was a uh, symbiotic relationship because it was mutually beneficial to both AM radio the talk show hosts, and the American public, because now we have a place where we can go to get an alternative point of view and to get a full airing of facts and a debate on various issues that you just don't get on television. You get an interactive audience on talk radio. You have call-in lines. You have a variety of guests and opinions. You have the time to discuss it. And in your bigger syndicated talk show hosts where the advertising dollars are greater for every minute of advertising time, you can get more talk time in and fewer commercials. There's still a lot of commercials, but not like it would be on a regular talk show. I remember I used to subscribe to the website of the late, great Rush Limbaugh. And I did so because I'm a businessman. In addition to doing this podcast, I have a couple of other businesses. And between noon and three, Monday through Friday, I was always busy doing other things. Now, if I happened to be in the car at the time, I would certainly listen to Rush. But I couldn't devote three hours of my day to listen to Rush then. So what I would do is by subscribing to his website, his show was reduced to podcasts. Hour one, hour two, and hour three. And I would download these uh, podcasts, and I would listen to his show on my morning commute on the way up, and I would listen to the rest of it on the way back, and then I would download the following day's, uh, that day's show and do the same thing. And believe it or not, you would get about an hour and... 45 minutes, an hour and 50 minutes of actual talk time out of the three hours. That was quite a lot. So about a third of the time on the radio were commercials, but at least two thirds of every hour um, were talk. And don't forget, it wasn't all commercials because at the top of the hour and at the bottom of the hour, every radio station gives you a newscast. So that takes some time. So, but that's still being informative. Even if you're not getting Russia's opinion, you were getting the news of the day. So AM radio plays an extremely vital role in the information chain, and we cannot allow it to be suppressed or eliminated. So if you're aware of this now, uh, write your congressperson, uh, write General Motors, write Ford, tell them you want AM radios in your car. Those of you in the in the heartland of America, who depend on your car and your car radio, you know you have to make these these things known. You really do, because AM radio it, it would be a terrible thing if AM radio uh, would de- would pass into history. Now, <clears throat> getting back to Tucker Carlson for a minute, you see the bias against conservatives and people who want to speak the truth uh, throughout the government. We have um, veterans now responding because certain people in the Pentagon were celebrating uh, 
Tucker Carlson's departure from Fox. One senior Pentagon official who wouldn't give his name, quote, we're a better country without him bagging on our military every night in front of hundreds of thousands of people. Good riddance. Well, former Navy SEAL Scott Taylor sent out a tweet in response to that, saying, quote, it's highly inappropriate for a Pentagon official to be making comments about the sacking of a media figure who questioned them. This, no matter your views on Tucker himself, said former Navy SEAL Scott Taylor, this should be denounced in a bipartisan way. Army Ranger veteran Sean Parnell also spoke up in the defense of Tucker Carlson, saying the cable news host never, quote-unquote, bagged on the military, but that he had instead attempted to hold U.S. defense officials accountable for their carelessness on matters such as the chaotic Afghanistan withdrawal. Quote, Tucker never bagged on our military. He demanded accountability of the senior leadership who gave us the disaster of Iraq and Afghanistan, who to date have not been held accountable for anything. Thousands of Americans dead, wounded, trillions wasted, and for what? So does that mean that he's bagging on the military because he wants accountability? Because he wants to know what happened to our dogs that were left there, our people that were killed, about the billions of dollars of military equipment of ours, which is now in the hands and under the control of the Taliban. That's not an appropriate, fair point for inquiry. I think it is. And you have idiots like AOC saying deplatforming is a good idea. Yeah, it's a good idea as far as she's concerned when somebody she disagrees with is deplatformed. Is she great for deplatforming when it's somebody that, that she agrees with being deplatformed? Between her and the squad, I've said this before, you could add up the IQ of um, all of the squad and you wouldn't have the IQ of a pencil eraser. But these are the people that are trying to suppress countervailing points of view, opposition. They want a monolithic media. They want a monolithic government. They want a monolithic culture where what they say is good and what anybody else says is bad. And if we say it's okay and it's normal to have drag queens read stories to your children, then it's good. And if you say it's bad, well, you're wrong. We say it's good, so you shut the hell up. Without these alternative voices, how are we going to defend our positions? Donald Trump was not kidding when he said this is a swamp. It's a swamp in more ways than one. You ever wonder why more of these Democrats aren't caught in these pay-for-play schemes? Because Republicans are doing the same thing. Maybe not as boldly and as brashly. Maybe not to the same level. But they're all feathering their own nests. Have you ever watched some of these debates in Congress? Have you ever listened to some of these people speak? Do you really think in a country of 335 million people that these 535 schmucks are the best people qualified for the job of running this country? You've got to be kidding if you believe that. You think a, a fat nut job like Jerry Nadler, that piece of garbage, that he's the best person to represent? people in New York? You can't believe it. Now, there may be a handful who are really, really 
patriotic and want to tr- do good or trying to do good. Jim Jordan comes to mind. Matt Getz comes to mind. Ted Cruz comes to mind. I consider Ted Cruz intellectually honest. Uh, even Alan Dershowitz, who disagrees with him politically, says he was a brilliant man. Uh, it was a brilliant student of mine in Harvard. But aside from these handful of, of people, who do you really have? Now, I used to be a fan of Trey Gowdy. Trey Gowdy talked a big game, talked a good game when he ran Congress. He didn't get anything done. He talked about doing a lot, but he didn't get anything done. Now he sits with a nice, comfortable job as a Fox News contributor. And what is he contributing? <coughs> Contributing to letting us think that there's somebody out there doing some good for us? What has he done? Trey Gowdy's going to have to earn back my respect. First of all, he was a career prosecutor, and he believes in the FBI. And if anything has come out of all of this, all of these disclosures, all of these things that have been leading us up to this, this censorship, this swamp that's causing all this, is that our government has been corrupted. Bureaucrats have been stacked in every agency of government, that the FBI is now just simply an arm almost of the left in the Democratic Party. I read an article that said approximately 10,000 people in the FBI may have access to Americans' uh, information as a result of their access to the FISA court. Could you imagine this? 10,000 FBI agents have access to American information that they shouldn't? Why 10,000? And when you consider what they do, or rather what they don't do, why do we even need 10,000 FBI agents? Why do we even need an FBI? They're doing nothing. They are the most useless, worthless organization. This article, another alternative source of news that you should look into, again, attempting to be discredited by the mainstream media, the Epoch Times has a great article here today, talks about this. Over 10,000 FBI agents can access data from secretive surveillance programs. This is according to who? Not according to the Epoch Times, not according to Tucker Carlson, not according to Fox News, not according to any conservative uh, talk show host or journalist. But this is the opinion of Michael Horowitz, used to be the Inspector General, currently the chair of the Pandemic Response Accountability Committee, testified during a House Oversight Reform Committee hearing. And he said that more than 10,000 federal employees could have access to data revealed by a secret government surveillance program that has come under scrutiny because of alleged abuses. Let me read this to you. If you think your government hasn't turned against you, listen to this. If you think the FBI is still necessary, listen to this. I wanted to do a whole show just on the FBI, and I may, but it's clear in light of this that the FBI is an agency that no longer Uh, serves any useful purpose. 
Now, to make a long story short, the FBI grew out of several other agencies that came into being following the assassination of President McKinley, where certain people thought that the country was under attack by insurrectionists or foreign powers and so forth and so on. But it officially became the FBI, uh, having grown out of uh, the Bureau of Prohibition when we had prohibition in this country. And it, was, uh, it became the FBI uh, officially uh, in 1935, I believe. That's when the division was changed to the Federal Bureau of Investigation. But even prior to the change, the agency was headed by J. Edgar Hoover. And maybe that's part of the problem with the FBI, because it was headed by Hoover from 1924 to 1972. That's a long time for one man to put his fingerprint on a bureau. Now, since that time, many changes have happened uh, in the bureau, and now we have all manner of people that have been running it. Uh, Even though uh, Hoover was not a nice man, he did a lot of spying on a lot of people. Now the spying is still being done, and it's being done on many Americans as a way to intimidate uh, and suppress. Now, getting back to this article... I just want to get to uh, some of these reps here. Now, this is a court-ordered report released in May of 2022. And this revealed that the FBI had made more than 3.3 million queries of Americans under the authority of the FISA court, which is the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act court. Now, Matt Getz was on the panel. Uh, And he said, uh, if I represent to you that we believe there may be north of 10,000 people in the federal government who can perform FISA queries, would anyone here have a basis to disagree with that? And all three of the witnesses that appeared before the committee said they did not disagree with it. They they understood that this was a true figure. 10,000. He says, "Why, why is that number so big? Now, here are the abuses. The program in question is called FISA Section 702, and it's been audited frequently, aside from incidents uncovered in 2021. The the intelligence community has repeatedly failed audits. Now, in 2019, back when Michael Horowitz was the inspector general for the Justice Department, he investigated a random sampling, it says in this article, of 29 FISA cases that the FBI put forth. None of the 29 cases chosen were found to be legitimate. And these were all randomly selected. So if they randomly select 29 cases and none of them are legitimate, what does that tell you about what's going on with the FISA court and the FBI? The FBI is just doing whatever they want without any oversight. Now, to make a FISA query of American citizens, the FBI and other law enforcement agencies are legally required to receive the approval of the closed-door FISA court. But when Horowitz did his investigation, he found that in none of the 29 cases that he had randomly chosen had these queries been carried out properly or legally. Now, from uh, the representative from... Arizona, Mr. Biggs, said from an earlier conversation with Horowitz that, Horowitz that in 25 of the 29 cases, there was, quote, unsupported, uncorroborated, or inconsistent information. Further, the FBI couldn't even produce the relevant investigative files in the other four. 
So in those 29 applications that were reviewed, the Inspector General found over 400 instances of noncompliance with the Woods procedures. Referencing Woods is a, Woods procedures are procedures that the FBI uh, requires that the FISA request be scrupulously accurate. Now, since 2021, the FBI supposedly has reduced the number of illegal queries by about 90%, according to Director Christopher Wray. But we're going to have to have more oversight and more auditing of the FBI's files to make sure that this is true. But the point is, they only reduce them if they have reduced them, in fact, because they got caught. If they didn't get caught, they wouldn't be reducing them. So we have an out-of-control FBI. We have a White House that's run by a man that doesn't even know he's alive, that has just declared he's going to run again, even though he's going to be 82 years old when he begins his next term, and he's an old 82. He's pooping in his pants, and he doesn't know where he is. But I suspect he's doing it because the people who are really running the country like the fact that they can run the country from behind closed doors and let him take all the arrows. How he's going to get elected with a 39% approval rating is beyond me. And if he should be the nominee against President Trump, I don't really know how they're going to sell it on the American public um, if they try and make you believe that Joe Biden wins again in 2024. I don't think anyone's going to believe it except the most hardcore leftists. Uh, Things just simply were not that bad under Donald Trump. The economy was good. We were energy independent. Gas was less than $2 a gallon. People were gainfully employed. The stock market was up. I mean, people were coming home. We weren't going off to fighting wars. Uh, you, you can't really argue with that. That's, that's an unassailable truth. So we have all of this going on. We have a weaponized government against us, and we have a studied, focused campaign to narrowly define what it is you're allowed to hear and see by virtue of organized censorship, either voluntarily, as may be the case with Fox News, or deliberately, as is in the case of government and industry attempts to remove AM radios from our automobiles and thereby cutting a substantial and vital conduit of information to people that may be like-minded or people that really want to hear an alternative point of view so they can make a judgment as to how they're going to live their lives and who they're going to vote for. Now, this should be concerning. What I've said today should be concerning and disturbing to any person who believes in freedom and believes in honesty. If you take an honest evaluation of what I've said and look at it, you'll see that there's a lot to this. We're going to be following this story and others. We're going to be following the Tucker Carlson Odyssey. So stay tuned here. Tell your friends about us. And please share our shows and give us a five-star review. We'll do right by you. Just try and do right by us. For the Jamie Dury Show, I'm Jamie Dury. Jamie Dury.